the next few Sundays uh, as we lead up to Easter. It's John 14, 1 through 7. John 14, 1 through 7. It says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Let's pray. Father, we pray that today these words will be your words, that they will take root in our heart and that they will bring you good fruit, bring you glory and honor, that they will enable us, empower us to be your children. We pray also, Father, that if there are any things that are said today that are not yours, that they will burn away, that they will be thrown out, that they will cease to exist, that they will not take root in our hearts. For we want your words to be found in our heart. And that is all. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. So over the next four Sundays, we're going to be looking at this passage. And we're going to be looking in particular at Jesus' statement where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so today we're looking at when Jesus says, I am the way. And what that means to us and how we interact with that. I think there's three things that we can discover when we think about Jesus as being the way. You know, I love Fremantle. I love walking around Fremantle. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love to walk from our house and walk into the city to begin to look around and get to know people and places and things. I like to hear the noises of Fremantle, the buskers who are out. Some of them great, some of them not so great, but as they perform, you know that they are doing it with their heart and with all their might and sometimes with all their stamina and strength. I love the fact that I can walk into the market and I can uh, be able to hear sights and sounds and smell good things and grab a little bit of fruits and eat that if I'm feeling healthy or grab a little bit of ice cream or donut if I'm feeling less than healthy. When we first moved here, it was interesting because you would get into Fremantle, even though it's not that huge, and sometimes I would think to myself, now what street am I on? Where am I at exactly in this place? And right after we moved here, they began to put up what are called wayfinders. And they're beautiful new wayfinders that are out. And this wayfinder stands about this tall, some of them. Some of them are a little bit smaller. And they're yellow, so you can see them. And they've got a beautiful map that are on them. And on that map, it tells you where you're at, and it gives you all sorts of things that are out. But it draws this circle around the point where you're at that's basically 
how long it takes you to walk there. It's eight minutes to walk to there, or it's ten minutes to walk that far. And they're all over Fremantle now. And they're called wayfinders. They give you the ability to know, if I can just find that, I'll know where I'm at, and I'll be able to find it. Now, after a while, I I didn't need those anymore. And that's a good thing, because it took them a little bit to get them all up. But one of the really cool things for me is that the Monument Hill, which is where we live close to, is on some of those things. As a matter of fact, if you go out our street here, and you get on Leach Highway or High Street, and you walk just down to Perry Street, there's one at Perry Street. And you can stand and look at it, and you can see Monument Hill. And it tells you that it's only this far of a walk away from Monument Hill. So if I ever get lost from my house, I know it's only that far away. Wayfinders are helpful for us. They give us direction. They give us destination. They give us a place to go. But too often with this passage in particular, people think that when Jesus says, I am the way, all he's doing is giving us a map. That it's just a wayfinder. That it's just something that's there and that that's the way to go. And it becomes very easy for us to condense this statement of Jesus saying, I am the way, and limit the power that is within it. Because when we think of finding a way, we think of a path or a place to walk or something that is there, that's solid, that stays, that doesn't help us. What I want to look at today about the way and Jesus being the way is a reminder to us that the way is not a process that it's not potential, and that it's not a point in time. But that it is more than that. Interestingly enough, this idea of way was so prominent within early Christians that many of them were known as people of the way. We've kind of lost that on some level. Now, as an aside, let me say this. This is an exclusive statement. (laughs) Jesus is making a divinity claim here. When he says, I am, it's Yahweh, it is the name of God. He's saying, I am divine, I am God. That's an exclusive statement. It's saying, I am God. Then he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He's setting himself up and against all other claims about who he is. He's been doing that all along through the book of John. As he's been pushing towards the cross and Easter Sunday. As he's been walking along towards that, he has said, I am the light. I am the good shepherd. When he's saying those things, it's a divinity claim. It's an exclusive claim. But within that, it is inclusive as well. And hopefully by the end of these three weeks, you will see how this exclusive claim of divinity is inclusive in that it puts its arms out wider than we could ever imagine to take people in. So let's look at what it means when Jesus says, I am the way. The first thing that we notice is that it's not about being a process, 
but that it is about, in fact, a person. Now, when we hear, I am the way, it can be easy for us to begin to go, all right, so if Jesus is the way, then this is how I should live, the process by which I should live, that there are certain things that I need to do. And we make Jesus as the way to be an example. If I just live my life like Jesus, then I've done the right thing. And so we study Jesus from the standpoint of how can he help me live the best life? Or we study Jesus in a way that says, if I act like him, then I will be okay. It becomes a process for us. And so we go, all right, so what did Jesus do? Well, he helped the poor. He healed people. He taught about God. Okay, so I need to help the poor. I need to try and heal people somehow. And then I need to teach well. Well, some of us aren't that great of teachers. And some of us don't have real gentle hands of healing. So it becomes very difficult to look at Jesus as just the way to live, as the process, right? We try to glean sort of things that say, this is who he is, this is what he did, how can I do what he did? Well, the simple fact is, is you can't. None of us can live our lives like Jesus lived his life. As a matter of fact, in all of humanity, throughout all of the world, from the beginning until Christ comes again, there will be no one who can live as Jesus lived. He is the only one who completely and utterly fulfilled all of God's righteous requirements. He is the one who lived the perfect life. And when we say that... Sometimes we go, okay, perfect life, that means he obeyed all the commandments, all the time, all the way out. And yes, that's true. But that, that's too simple. You see, because what Jesus does in his humanity is he shows us what? The right relationship with God, with himself, with others, and with place is supposed to be. And he's the only one who can do that completely and fully. That it's not just about following the process, but it's about living and being in that right relationship with God, with yourself, knowing who you are, with others, and with the place that you are at. And that's what Jesus does here. And that's the reason why it's not a process, but in fact, Jesus says, I am the way. That He 100% God and 100% man is the person that is the way. That it is belief on Him and Him alone that provides the way. So it's not a process, but it's a person. One of the other things that happens to us when we think about Jesus is the way is we think of it as potential. So we sort of simplify it by saying, Well, that Jesus is one of many ways to get to the Father. That he's a potential in the approach to how we live holy lives. Or however we want to phrase it or put it. Some people say how to be a good human or be a good citizen or live righteousness or live holy. But we want to be fair to everything that is out there. And so we say, well, Jesus is potential. That happens a lot in the world. 
But what this is saying is that it's not about potential, it's about promise. See, because within it, when he says, I am the way, no one sees the Father except through me. It's a promise that says, when you see me, when you know me, when you see not the process, but the person, that it moves from potential to the promise that I see the Father. As a matter of fact, he goes on and says, if you have known me, you would have known my Father. And from now on, you do know him. Why? Because you have seen him through me. We talked about last week in our sermon about awe that our chief purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. We do that in our right relationship with Him and our right relationship with ourselves, with each other, and with place. That's how God interacts with us and moves with us. And here is the promise of Jesus being the way that we do get to be in that right relationship with Him, that we do get to see God most completely. And so it's not just about potential that gets put out there. It's about the promise that we have. So when Jesus says, I am the way, we know that in him and through him, we see God. And in seeing God, that means we are known by God and we know him. So it's not a process, but a person, it's not potential, but it's a promise. And then last, but not least, is it's not a point, but it's a progression. Now, when Jesus says, I'm the way, we can build belief systems around that understanding. And we begin to build doctrines and theologies, and we begin to say, Jesus is God. Jesus is man. And there's this great thing that's in this world that helps us sort of understand the Bible, and it's called systematic theology. There's lots of books about systematic theology. I have like four of them in my library. Now, what systematic theology does is it says, you want to know who God is? Great. So we're going to give you the attributes of God. We're going to give you an understanding of God. And then you want to know about what the end of the world is going to be like. So we're going to give you attributes about that, and we're going to give you understandings of that. And you want to know who Jesus is, so we're going to give you attributes of that. And we're going to give... Listen, systematic theology is not a bad thing. It helps us to sort of wrap our mind around this mystery of what it is. But oftentimes, when we think of Jesus is the way, we think of it as a point. That says, once I figure out Jesus as the point, then my doctrine is good, then everything else is good, and all life will fall into place. Because all I've got to do is figure out that, yes, he's the point, the way. And what Jesus is saying here is, no, that I am the way, that it is a progression, it is a walk towards the Father, and more importantly, the Father God walking towards us. In a progressive relationship. That there are things that I know today that I did not know before. And there will be things that I know tomorrow about God's mercy and love that I do not know today. Why? Because I'm in the way. Which is progressive. It is moving towards God. As God moves towards us. Now that doesn't mean that I shouldn't have right doctrine. I should. 
I should be thinking about these things and what the implications are and good theology. But if I only say that, well, once I've got Jesus figured out, then life is complete, then I miss the point of life. It's not about figuring God out. It's about living a life with God and in God. That Jesus says, I am the way, and in saying that, he says, we have our being in him that we are progressing towards the Father, that we are moving away and becoming more and more like Jesus. Because we are in the way that he is moving. Butchner, who is a, 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 a pastor in the States that I really like a lot, says this. A Christian is one who is on the way though not necessarily very far along, and who has at least some dim and half-baked idea of whom to thank. Oh, that describes me to a T. Maybe that's why I like it so much. That in some sense, there's always this wrestling of, do I know the right knowledge? Do I have the right understanding? Am I correct in all this? And Jesus says, you need to sit back and relax and allow me to bring you to the understanding of who God is. You've seen me, so you've seen the Father. It is a progression, a movement towards Him in that way. One of the most interesting things to me about Jesus saying this is the context of which it is in. It's during the Last Supper. See, the triumphal entry has happened. The cross is right around the corner. They're moving towards that place. He's just told Peter, you're going to deny me. He's just said before this, a new command I give to you, that you love one another. And it's at that moment that he sees them and they're hurting. The disciples are wondering what really is going on. All of them had some idea of how they'd figured out who Jesus was. And it looks very clearly now to them that it's not going to happen the way that they think it's going to happen. And Jesus looks at them and says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. And then he doesn't say, I got this. What he says is, believe in God and believe also in me. What Jesus does there is he he takes our eyes ever so slightly off of him and onto what our ultimate goal is, which is God. Jesus' whole purpose in life is to restore that relationship with God so that we can see the Father high and lifted up, so that we can see his majesty and his glory and his understanding. And Jesus says, believe in God. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. But believe in me because if you have seen me, I am the way. Too often, this verse and this understanding of way has become about getting to heaven. 
it, it, it becomes about, well, if you don't believe Jesus, then you don't get to heaven. And we say, well, but I believe in Jesus, so I get to go to heaven. Jesus does speak about, I'm going away and I'm coming back. He speaks of an idea of heaven, of what it could be in this. But the question that gets asked him is, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And he tells them where he's going, to the Father. How can we get to where you're going? Jesus says, I'm going to the Father. It's not about getting to heaven. Although we believe salvation brings that about, it's not about the end destination only. It's about getting to God. Seeing Him for who He really is. And so then we get to go back and we see the life of Christ and we see God working and moving in this world. We see God's propositions of truth and we see God's love for humanity and we see God's relentless pursuit of redemption in Jesus. And so then, as Jesus is the way, we're able to see what it is. And so our desire is not just to get people into heaven. Our desire is for people to know God, the Creator, the very Creator of that person. The desire is not for me just to get to heaven. The desire is that I will know God today and tomorrow and for the rest of eternity. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the one who makes that happen. Listen to Butchner's quote again. The Christian is one who is on the way, though not necessarily very far along it. And who has at least some dim and half-baked idea of whom to thank. When we see Jesus as the way, it should lead us to a place of thanksgiving. It should lead us to a place that we know it is a person and a promise and a progression. That I don't judge myself by how far I've moved along or where I'm going, but I judge myself by the fact that I am on the way, meaning I am in Christ. That I have a promise since I am following this person that I have the promise to see the Father completely. And that's where we're at. So Jesus says, I am the way. Let's pray. Lord, you are good to us. Be with us during this series, this Four Sundays, this next two as we lead up to Easter, help us see you for who you are. Completely. Thank you for being the way of salvation for us. The way of seeing the Father. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.